Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. In this episode, I speak with Freedom Rain from the Stereo app. We discuss the history of the Black Panther Party in celebration of Black History Month. I hope you enjoy the podcast. It's a five-part series, so please do check out all the different parts. And if you dig what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please share with friends and on social media. Peace out. Okay. Fantastic. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just, you know, in the middle of this, you know, relaunching this uh, next in distant, I mean, this uh, next in-person school school um, period, but also trying to keep like to what I wanted to do for the New Year's and like what's important to me. So just having that balance. What about you? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Just, uh, trying to stay busy studying for a career change here and my back just kind of went out so i'm dealing with that a little bit but mm. it's getting better i think all right all right props to you on your healing path thanks man so um so yeah you want to just we could do a little introduction and then we can uh kind of just jump into it i guess if you want let's go talking about the black panthers as you know, I'm out here in Oakland, so I have, you know, this is near and dear to my heart. And I think it's a great topic to talk about, not not only in, like, the spirit of um, so-called Black History Month, but just as an American uh, phenomenon and a civil rights movement and things as part of everything, something that everything, I mean, everything that an American should know. So super excited. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Yeah, and... Uh... Yep. For those that don't already know me, my name's Dave. I do a podcast and another thing with Dave and, you know, and another, thing. The, and another thing. Half of the time I'm uh, a funny imbecile and the other half of the time I like to talk about serious stuff and, you know, maybe maybe teach something to somebody about something that they didn't already know. And uh, and I'm not saying I'm an expert on this by any means. I'm just fascinated by it, by like like you said, the from a the civil rights standpoint you know, about freaking time and then be like the, the, the social phenomenon that could repeat at any moment should people wake up, you know? Right, right. Not get woke, but wake up. <laughs> well, thank you. That terminology of the difference between being woke and what state is your brain in when you're literally just woke from asleep, you know, you're confused you're bewildered. Right. Uh, whereas when you're awake, it means you 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 have the grasp of the situation and reasoning and all of your your. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that, that you said that. Shout out to King Roshi also, bro. What's up, bro? We're talking about these Panthers out here. <laughs> what is happening, King Roshi? Thank you for dropping in. Yeah, so I um I just pulled up some basic stuff, you know, um, online. Um, so I don't know if, if you want me to read something, get us started, and then we can talk, or you want to, you know, is there something you want to lead in with, or? No, you can go ahead and hit the bullet points. I have this real cool, my friend last year brought, bought me this really cool Black Panther uh, graphic novel comic, kind of comic book, and man, this thing, the art in it is beautiful, and especially living in Oakland, it's just really cool to see some of the art depicting uh, local areas um but it goes into the depth so um i'd love to hear just the basic stuff and then we can get into the deeper insights we have 
Cool. All right. So here's just a little paragraph about, you know, the founding. So in October of 1966 in Oakland, California, Huey Newton and Bobby Seale founded the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. Not many people, and myself included, didn't know about that part, like the self-defense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's often left out when the news talks about it. It's just, ooh, Black Panthers, right? Ooh. Yeah. Um, um, the Panthers practiced militant self-defense, self-defense of minority communities against the U.S. government and fought to establish revolutionary socialism through mass organization, organizing and community-based programs. The party was one of the first organizations in the U.S. history to militantly struggle for ethnic minority and working class emancipation, a party whose agenda was the revolutionary establishment of a real economic, social, and political equality across gender and color lines. Bam. Right. right. right? Well worth. Like, I mean, it, enca- it encapsulates everything. It encapsulates Occupy, BLM, you name it. The labor wars, the civil rights the movement, and civil what I really movement. like. What I really like is when you're learning this history, which um, I think our American schools can do a better job of teaching. But even when we do learn about it, it's so important to know what's happened leading up to 1966 and what's currently happening and and really what's about to happen with the assassination of Dr. King looming. And um, so I think it's really important that you keep that in mind, because after the long, hot summer uh, in 67, we see basically that this is part of a longer arc because you know um when snick and stokely carmichael and these guys were starting to get more militant because after the civil rights movement where yes you have won some litigation other than that we're seeing that because of even in response to being nonviolent and meek and turning the other cheek dozens upon dozens of dozens of nonviolent um activists and coordinators and protesters are being murdered by racists and police. So you can kind of sense that black people um, are kind of getting fed up and are feeling like it, that being nonviolent isn't necessarily the way to go. And this is a 10 year arc from the fifties. And then we see it culminating when Dr. King is killed, who is like the bastion of peace and getting along. We see that um, blacks in America have almost very little choice at that point. And the revolution then begun, becomes to look more militant and more about self-defense because the courts and the police aren't protecting people. So I think that that's so important to realize the, the, the moral arc of what led up to the mentality of the Panthers. And I think it's really important. Absolutely. Like the one thing that I did know before, before there's this amazing documentary, which I'm going to reference the Vanguard for the revolution Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it on YouTube and I'm going to mention this 20 times because, you know, people need to see this. It's amazing. I had mm-hmm. no idea uh, of the whole story. Right. I thought it was more just a rebellious thing. I didn't know that they started with a, a children's breakfast program because kids mm-hmm. were going to school hungry and you can't learn if you're hungry. Right. So right. you got you to talk about grassroots, man. They were taking care Absolutely. of their own community doing that. And the, the, the government didn't like that. And then they started policing police. I learned this from an ex-Black mm-hmm. Panther um, up mm-hmm. here in Sonoma County. I'm not going to mention any names, but um, <laughs> I, uh, after, uh, after a music sh- show one night, I got to talking with him. And um, my father grew up in Oakland. 
in East mm-hmm. Oakland. And, um, and it's sad because my mom had to move out of there when the crap, crack epidemic hit. Um, you know, she got broken into three times. And the last time mm-hmm. she came home, the person was still in her house. And she's a frail little old lady, you know. She said, um, time to go. <laughs> well, she she didn't even want to go. My dad made it, so. My dad yeah, yeah. made her, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, sad. And, and you know, and, and we can get into that later. But that that mm-hmm. was created uh to further oppress the the black community uh not only the drug the drug war but crack itself you know Mm -hmm. thank you Mm -hmm. uh thank you george bush for that one w Um, uh h yeah sorry (laughs) yeah big daddy bush right big daddy uh but um, but what i learned about that Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what I learned from this guy is that they, the, the, the Panthers were out there with police scanners policing the police because there was an epidemic of, of people getting murdered when they, when they got pulled over by the cops. So the Black Absolutely. Panthers would show up and take pictures, old school, you know, before video and shit, mm-hmm. and uh, armed, armed to the teeth. So if it went down, they could, you know, outgun the cop. Yeah, and I think what's also important about that is in policing the police, I, it's so incredible how vocal and disciplined they were at knowing the law. First of all, this isn't a bunch of yahoos grabbing guns and, and being straight no. rebellious. Like you said, that they studied the law and said, this is the distance we need to keep in order for them to have nothing to say. This is our right. This is what we can and can't do. And just really setting out in a really strategic um, uh, way. And then we know about their 10-point their program or their 10-point platform um, they listed their demands. And I think this is something else we can take in, in line with today's current protests or what we saw in 2020 is coming out with something that defines who you are as an organization and, and kind of what a member looks like. And also what are your, what are the demands slash goals of the program are so important because we saw in 2020 with BLM, sure BLM is a organization founded by certain people but when you're at a BLM protest, anybody who essentially shows up with a BLM sign or not even that can be considered BLM and or can have the entire movement be held responsible for what they do in case you want to go it. out and, and, and start a riot or something or, or burn down a Wendy's. You, it's automatically. So, so I think that that's so important that, that we look at what they did is those are some frameworks of a movement, like you said, grassroots that should be present if you're going to be successful. Right. I've got their their 10 steps right here, but 10 point program right here. But I just wanted to on top of what you just said, I wanted to say uh, um, a lot of these. The sad part is a lot of these movements, once a movement gets a movement of and for the people gets to a certain size, it gets infiltrated by the FBI or whoever. And like like we saw up in Seattle, right, there were all these mm-hmm. undercover cops breaking windows, all professional yeah. style, not mm-hmm. not with Maltovs or anything, but just with a pop of an elbow like they'd done it a million times in practice. Right. Right. Um, and they were all dressed the same in khaki pants, boots and uh, derby jackets and hats. Right. Like, wait, right. wait a minute. Standard shoes. Uh, just like standard standard issue shoes. Like, wait a minute. What's going on? Yeah. Exactly. And then we we saw that in uh, with in the BLM too. that 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 one dude popping windows in that in that place to try to set up BLM to look bad. Right. 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 Yeah. Great. Um, Good point. 
but yeah, here's the, the Black Panther 10 point program written October 15th, 1966. We want freedom. We want power to determine the destiny of our black community. We believe that the black people will not be free until we will be able to determine our destiny. Two, we want full employment of our people. We want, we believe the federal government is responsible and obligated to give every man employment or a guaranteed income. We believe that if the white American businessman will not give full employment, then the means of production should be taken from the businessman and placed in the community so that the people of the community can organize and employ all of its people and give mm. a high standard of living. Ah, basic standards of socialism right there. Basic tenets of socialism right there. I, oh, my God. I didn't know any of this. This was amazing. Number three, we want an end to the robbery by the capitalists of our black community. Um, I just learned about Black Wall Street this year, too, so or last year. So, boom, that's what that's referencing, part of it, at least. We believe that this racist government has robbed us, and now we are demanding the overdue debt of 40 acres and two mules. 40 acres, two mules were promised 100 years ago as restitution for slave labor and mass murder of black people. We will accept the payment of currency, which will be distributed to our many communities. The Germans are now aiding the Jews in Israel for the genocide of the Jewish people. The Germans mur murdered 6 million Jews. The American racist has taken part in the slaughter of over 50 million black people. Therefore, we feel that this is a modest demand that we make. Um, boom. Um, number four, we want decent housing fit for the shelter of human beings. Imagine that. We believe that if the white landlords will not give decent housing to our black community, then the housing and the land should be made into cooperatives so that the community and government aid can build and make decent housing for its people. Boom. And this mm -hmm. is before the red... And, and I got to give a little ba background here that I learned when I studied real estate. This is before redlining laws were passed. <clears throat> so this is when it was when this speech was written. It was still legal for uh, mortgage people to not give a black family a loan in a certain neighborhood. Right. right. So it, right. it's a way of keeping people in a certain place without saying that. Right. So you just can't yeah. get the loan unless you ask for it in the right neighborhood. Um, exactly. Real estate agents and, just wouldn't show you the house. They wouldn't mm -hmm. give a title, right? Every step of the way, you'd be screwed. Um, right. And that only that only passed in like 1974 or something, 74 or 77, but recent. Right, and the crazy thing about that is, is like when you talk about uh, Brown versus the Board of Education, um, we're talking about even though segregation is done in a racial sense, just like you said about, you know, housing properties, taxes, and all those things, is school your school's money is determined by the local property taxes in that neighborhood so if you've been redlined or you're into a ghetto or a poor community even if you are at an unsegregated school the chances are that it's still going to be separate and not equal to these private schools or these other schools in rich neighborhoods so you're still de dealing with a second rate education and it is still kind of um segregation <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah right. you're absolutely <laughs> right about that yeah, that's a way to underfund to an underhanded way to underfund the schools mm -hmm. on, you know, to, to further this, oppress the community. Right. Those same undesirables. Brutal. Right. Brutal. Um, number five, we want education for our people that exposes the true nature of this 
decadent American society. We want education that teaches us our true history and our role in the present day society. We believe that an education system that will give our people a knowledge of self, um, well, we believe in an education system that will give our people a knowledge of self. If a man does not have knowledge of himself and his position in society and the world, then he has little chance to relate to anything else. Wow, that's mm -hmm. pretty, pretty deep. Here, let's, let's alternate. I'll read number six and then you do number seven. <laughs> I'm oh, going to cool. practice my voice. All right. We want all black men to be exempt from military service. We believe that black people should not be forced to fight in a military service to defend a racist government that, that does not protect us. We will not fight or kill other people of the colored world who, like black people, are being victimized by the same white racist government of America. We will protect ourselves from the force and violence of the racist police and the racist military by whatever means necessary. Nice, dude. Read the next one. <laughs> okay. We Thanks want an better. immediate <laughs> we want an immediate end to police brutality and the murder of black people. We believe we can end police brutality in our black community by organizing black self-defense groups that are dedicated to defending our black community from racist police oppression and brutality. The Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States gives us the rights to bear arms. We therefore believe that all black people should arm themselves for self-defense. That, you know what, yeah. those last two, uh, not the last two, but seven specifically, it's so crazy because I get some people's frustration with the media's portrayal of Black Lives Matter. And I know that when you compare it to you know, organized movements like this, it does seem kind of infantile, but l let's just see how long in this 10 points program that this was laid out as far as police brutality and the, and the murder of black people. We see that this is something that the black community has been literally ready to go to arms about, you know, I mean, it's been a problem for hundreds of years and we see in the sixties, this was already yep. demand number seven. So I get it that people reacted in a way I wouldn't have in some of these um, protests and slash riots. But man, how, I don't know how I was, these people have been asking for this for many years. It's kind of crazy to see it here yeah. as a demand in a 1966 um, manifesto. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. He, and you know what, and you know what Martin Luther King said? He said, uh, you know, although he did not advocate violence, he said, a riot is the voice of, a, of the voiceless. Right. Right. So there you go. Mm hmm. Go ahead. You can hit us with number eight. Let me see if uh, somebody wants to join us real quick here. Um, number. Oh, no. All right. Um, Mr. Real Talk, jump on up if you want. Um, number eight, we want freedom for all black men held in federal, state, county and city prisons and jails. We believe that all black people should be released from the many jails and prisons because they have not received a fair and impartial trial. Wow. Why real talk come in right when we read uh, number eight from the 10 point program as a cop? I wonder <laughs> what he thinks of that. That's hilarious. All right. Num number nine. We want all black people when brought to trial. Oh, wait, I lost my voice. We want all black people when brought to trial to be tried by a court of um by a court, by a jury of their peers or people from the, their black communities. 
as defined by the Constitution of the United States. The descriptions under these get quite lengthy after this. Jesus. But I'll read on. Oh my God, we believe do, huh? that the courts... <laughs> yeah, number 10 is really long. We believe... We believe that the courts should follow the United States Constitution so that black people receive fair trials. The 14th Amendment of the United States of the Constitution gives a man the right to be tried by his peers. A peer is a person from a similar economic, social, religious, geographical, environmental, historical, or racial background. To do this, the court will be forced to select a jury from the black community. You know what? In some of these cases, when you see that, you know, the jury out of, you know, 10 is maybe two people of color and the rest are white. I think in some of these cases, they're talking about when the population of that area is 50% or higher of blacks, that it should definitely be more representation of black people on a jury. I think that's an argument that's still made today. Um, totally. I mean, that was like the Rodney okay. King trial was all about that, right? They moved it to yeah, like an uppity, an uppity white suburb. Right. Real talk. What did you think about number eight on the Panthers 10-point program? <laughs> let us know if you heard that all right go ahead you can hit us with number 10 bro technology is so bad i just took my index finger on this page of this black panther book i'm reading and i just tried to swipe up i'm done i just tried to scroll on the page i'm on punishment go ahead you can read uh, uh, we want land bread housing education clothing justice and peace when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and, na and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect of the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Ooh. Mm. We hold these mm. truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men depriving their just deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's huge. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is in the right of the people to alter or abolish it. And in no institution, institute or government, laying its foundation upon such principles and organization in its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Dang, they knew it was like. This is like legalese, man. This is so well yeah. written. It's unbelievable. Prudence right. indeed will dictate that governments long established shall be shall not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But then a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursing invariably the same object, evince, man, this is rough, evinces man. a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is 
their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Oh. Mm. Okay. Now, when we look at the concept Ooh, God, of, the <laughs> yeah, when we look oh at, my the, God. yeah, brevity wasn't it. When we look at the concept of black people being a nation within a nation and being treated as such by apparently, you know, the saying there's two Americas where, especially in that time, policing, uh, courts, justice and civil treatment of people was completely different. And this is upon the realization of them coming back from World War II and then Vietnam to come to return to no dignity and no respect when they've been fight, fighting, um, you know, globally. So I think all of that just pours into this, to the sentiment that was at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, this was like the, like, you know, all this craziness. So they were formed in 66. Then what? Uh, Martin Luther was killed in what? 67. 68. Um, 68 so uh, that's right 67 is like the summer of love and then 68 it all starts falling apart and 69 well 67 is that long hot summer which was all those you know the watts riots and everything that kicked off so i think that's important for people to realize because i understand when some black people are saying you know what we've already tried the nonviolent, peaceful things that didn't work blah 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 but to be fair um you know, the 60s were full of amazingly coordinated, strategic, nonviolent uh, displays and demonstrations. But during those same years, there were also huge riots, like the riots in Watts, the riots in um, Compton and other places. So we it's not fair to say, oh, we're, we should be done talking about peaceful strategies because <laughs> open rebellion has been tried in some pockets, too. So I think we just need to notice that it's always been a little of both, you know. Yep, yeah, And um you know, we can't forget like the murder of those students at Kent State University in 68. Right. Peaceful That's protesters. Right. That's right. That's kind of kind of like uh, similar to in today's world, um, a reporter getting shot by a rubber bullet in a BLM processor. Right. Right. Like, uh, yeah. Or seven, a pipe, a Dakota pipeline. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, one of the things that I thought was interesting that I wanted to say real quick is the Black Panthers was one of the fourth. Uh, kind of more militant responses of self-defense, you know, so it's definitely not, you know, re- uh, you know, in response to some of these people being killed, these civil rights people being killed, uh, they had the deacons of defense, which when I read about them, well, I just thought that was dope as hell, which is a bunch of deacons at black churches who who are just strapped and take care of their own. And this was about three years before the Panthers. Um, and there were um, oh, other wow. groups formed by SNCC. Um, like the the Londres County uh, Freedom Organization, which is a precursor. They're the, some of the first people to start using the panther as their um, mascot or their emblem. And so deacons with defense just by their names and these other groups of black, citis- uh, black citizens um, organizing mainly against the KKK suppression of voting rights back then. You know, they would intimidate or threaten you to not to come out. So deacons with defense yep. and these other uh, groups came out to protect their people. So you're right that um, a lot of organizations these days may seem like we're asking for you to do this or our membership this, but this is a group that came with free breakfast, protecting your grandma when she's crossing the street. Um, they escorted Betty Shabazz, you know, the widow of Malcolm X, and were her security when she was feeling um, unsafe when she came to San Francisco to speak. So this is a group 
that we constantly see showing radical love to their own people in a time where the na- they weren't getting that love from the rest of the nation. So I, that's what I think is really unique about them. Yep. And then to just give a little chrono- chronology to it, I got this mm-hmm. report here. So then in 67, police arrest um, Huey Newton for for the killing of an Oakland cop. And it was it, John more Fry. by all means. It mm-hmm. looks like it was probably self-defense. Who knows? We'll never know. But anyway, then in 68 in West Oakland, Bobby Hutton is mm-hmm. 17 is shot dead by Oakland police in a 90 minute gun battle. Mm-hmm. Um, an unarmed Bobby Hutton is shot 10 times dead after his house is set ablaze and he is forced to run out of the fire and bullets. Oh my God. Surrendering. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just two and, days earlier, Martin Luther King is assassinated mm-hmm. after he had begun rethinking his own doctrines of nonviolence and started to build ties with radical unions. Mm-hmm. Two months later, on the day of Bobby's death, Robert Kennedy, widely recognized in the minority community as one of the only politicians in the U.S. sympathetic to the civil rights movement, is also assassinated. Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know it all happened that close together. Bro, the 60s wow. were absolutely crazy. And the thing is, is, is sure, we're still waiting for the government to disclose the official files of the JFK assassination, but it has been long rumored, and it doesn't even matter. The 60s are full of admitted, documented cases of the CIA and FBI doing very unsavory things. And we don't have to go off topic because we can talk about that just as it relates to the Panthers. The amount of treachery, lies, betrayal, instigating wars, the, the um, ambush-style raids, the no-knock raids where they just come in blasting. These are you know extermination campaigns. This is what the um, our government was doing in the 60s. And not to say that they just, you know, haven't gotten smarter ways to do it. But what do you think about that? Do you think there was something that justified the government's batshit crazy um, approach to things? Or do you think that it's still as shitty? Like, what do you make of the CIA and the FBI going to the links that it did in the 60s and 70s? Me, or are you asking the listeners? Um, Both. Definitely love to hear your thoughts. And then uh, people in the audience, please chime in on that. And we got one in the chamber, so let's go. Shout out to everybody in the room. Yeah, I personally, yeah, shout out to everybody. We got Tierra, we got Real Talk, J. Rue, King Rashi, Paul, Alexis. Thank you, everybody. Um, Yeah, my personal, exactly. My personal thoughts are that it was in a, 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 a coordinated effort to quell uh, a movement, you know, in 1969, the drug war, um, Nixon's head aide admitted on his deathbed that the drug war was was started to target blacks and hippies. So they dropped drugs in in the suburbs and in the inner cities to so, so they could start arresting these people. And then they made the zero tolerance, you know, bullshit. Mm-hmm. So if you got a felony, you can't vote for the rest of your life, right? Um, yeah, so that was a coordinated uh, movement. And then, like you know, like we just learned, like I just learned, I knew I knew all those people were assassinated, but I didn't think it happened that close together, man. That's just mm-hmm. like, damn, that's insane. 
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Much appreciated. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is a five-part series, so if you haven't checked out the other parts, do check them out. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share the podcast with friends and on social media. Thank you very much.